Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. James Bond is coming back to the big screen in cinemas in the UK, and we're hoping to go to every one of the 25 films. Join us as we celebrate the 60th anniversary of our favourite British agents by watching them all in order. We hope you guys are watching them too, so please let us know your thoughts. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, and our podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify, as well as video episodes on YouTube. Simply search for Really 007 Pod. We didn't know it back in 2002, but the fourth Pierce Brosnan film would end up being his last. It's a controversial one that uh, it's probably being generous to say it divides opinion. It's Die Another Day. Part two. So you live to die another day. Colonel. At last. I was beginning to think you'd never guess. Was it painful? The gene therapy? You couldn't possibly imagine Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Have there have been compensations. Like watching you flail around in your ignorance. Granting you life day by day just to see if you get wise. It's been fun. Well, the fun is about to come to a dead end. We only met briefly, you and I. But you left a lasting impression. You see, when you're... Intervention forced me to present the world with a new face. I chose to model the disgusting Gustav Graves on you. Oh, just in the details. That unjustifiable swagger. Your crass quips. A defense mechanism concealing such inadequacy. My defense mechanism is right here. So... Miss Frost is not all she seems. Looks can be deceptive. Yes, sir. By the way, did you find out who betrayed you in North Korea? Only a matter of time. You never thought of looking inside your own organization? She was right under your nose. 
was so good of you to bring your gun to bed with us. Yes. Occupational hazard. Hello, this is Gary Kay again. Uh, just seen Die Another Day for the first time in the cinema since 2002, so 20 years ago. Enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting, to be honest. There were many moments in the film which I thought were great fun. The pre-title sequence is very well done in the main. Palette, the colour palette is very grey in North Korea that they use, um, whereas the majority of the film is very colourful, of course. But the pre-title sequence, I thought, worked very well. David Arnold's score throughout was excellent, it has to be said, although I was disappointed that the overloud sound effects during the um, much of the film drowned out some of the really lovely music that David Arnold composed for Die Another Day. And I have to say that there were several moments in the film where I thought that the sound system, I don't know if it's just the, the way that it was projected in the, that cinema or whether it's just the mix of the film, I suspect it's the latter. I just thought it was way, way too loud in places with the sound effects drowning out everything else. I think on reflection, I probably enjoyed the first three, two thirds, three quarters maybe um, of the film. I thought that the latter part of the film was ruined by very, very poor overuse of CGI effects. Um, particularly the the plane, which previously um, in earlier films would have been done via a model shot, um, something that um, Derek Medding's team would have excelled at. Um, and yet, for some reason, the filmmakers took the decision to go with CGI effects and very poor quality CGI effects at that um, everyone mentions the now infamous tsunami surfing, uh, parasurfing sequence. But I, for me, that did look pretty bad on the big screen. But the bits that I remember looking pretty poor, and it certainly still looks very poor now, um, is the sequence with the plane at the end. I thought that that was just awful. And the sequence goes on way too long as well. And I just thought that um, the conclusion of the film just didn't engage me at all. The other thing that um, I have to mention with regards to the flaws with the film, and there are several flaws, as we're all aware, with Die Another Day, uh, for me is the overuse of moments that are clearly drawn from previous James Bond films. Uh, because it was the 40th anniversary release film, it seems that the filmmakers were intent on just shoehorning into the plot as many references to previous James Bond films as they possibly could. Now, that's not to say that some of the moments didn't work well. Uh, one of the bits I did like, and it was a more subtle use, was the... Um, electronic sound from Dr No that um, crops up in part of the film. I thought that worked very nicely. And um, Pierce using the breathing apparatus underwater from Thunderball also worked quite nicely. And when you see um, Rosa Klebb's shoe and the crocodile submarine in Q's lab, that's not too bad either. Um, but by that point, it's becoming a bit wearing. But doing things like having Jinx come out of the water 
as a nod to Ursula Andress's Honey Chill Rider in Dr. No. Why try to repeat a scene that was done so flawlessly first time round when just repeating it in that manner is never ever going to match what you've done originally? And it doesn't come anywhere close to the impact in Doctor No. So what you unfortunately end up with is a box ticking exercise throughout most of Die Another Day and not much originality. The reason why I think that many people don't like the paragliding tsunami sequence in the film, apart from the fact it's poor CGI, um, is for myself and many other Bond fans who went along to see this film back in 2002. It was the fact that in previous films, a shot like that would have been done in some way by using real stunt people and not just pure CGI and back projection, which just leaves you cold. And I was very concerned. I remember when I saw the film first time round that they weren't using the stunt people as much in Die Another Day as they had in previous James Bond films. And I was worried that that was the direction that the filmmakers were going to take future James Bond films into. So um, when I went into the subsequent film, Casino Royale, which we've going to be thankfully treated to next week, I had fairly low expectations based on my experiences with Die Another Day. Having said that, there are many things, as I mentioned, that I did like in Die Another Day. I thought Piers Brosnan's performance throughout was excellent, particularly the post-career sequence um, when he's released from Korea and he has the exchange with Judy Dench's M. I just thought that was superbly um, acted by the pair of them and the interaction works so well. I loved the, his escape and when he arrives in the hotel and the interactions with the staff there, very nicely done. I didn't actually mind Madonna's um, cameo in the film this time around with um, in, during the excellent fencing sequence of the film. I just enjoyed all of the fencing sequence in the film. Like I said, I didn't even mind Madonna's cameo in it. In fact, it made me smile. One of the other things I just need to mention that is a grumble, I'm afraid, is the quality of the script. I thought the plot had some very, very interesting ideas in there. That one of the things in the film, apart from the climax of the film, which, as like I said, didn't engage me, was um, the dialogue. I thought some of the dialogue in the film was atrocious. Uh, and I did notice that the screenplay is credited to just Purvis and Wade. And I think their scripts, they might come up with the um, clever story ideas, but they do seem to need somebody else to come in pull a polish on the dialogue and maybe um, improve the quality of some of the dialogue in the film to make it sound more natural. And um, one of the things I noticed in Die Another Day is, is some of this excruciating dialogue, the actors were over-enunciating it, which kind of it magnified how bad some of the dialogue was, which um, didn't work in the film's favour. Uh, apart from the um, fencing sequence, the pre-titles and, um, like I said, Piers Brosnan's performance in the film, I really liked Rosamund Pike in the film. I thought she was one of the standouts um, performance-wise in the film as Miranda Frost. I thought 
a very memorable character, very well played by the actress, um, and certainly um, one of the things I enjoyed both from when I watched it earlier this year and this screening at the cinema. Uh, and I have to say also, I thought Halle Berry, who's normally an excellent actress, in Die Another Day, I think well, there was not, nothing majorly wrong with her performance. I thought her performance was pretty good, actually, overall. For me, the problem is the fact there's no chemistry between her and Piers Brosnan in the film at all. They really should have recast it, despite the fact that Halle Berry is clearly a very um, accomplished actress and um, won awards for other films. It just doesn't, um, there just wasn't that chemistry there that you need to have at the centre of a film like this. Anyway, as I said, overall, I did have fun on the night. I did enjoy the film. There were some uh, highlights of the film that I've already mentioned. And there was fun to be had along the way. The fun, the film was very colourful to look at. As I said, came out the cinema feeling overall entertained. It still probably is rated as my least favourite James Bond film, but even a least favourite James Bond film, there is plenty to like about it. And as I said, overall, I was entertained. So that's a big positive. Next week, Casino Royale going from one of the um, worst James Bond films to, in my opinion, one of the very best James Bond films. And um, thankfully, it was fantastic news when we learned um, after Die Another Day's release that E.ON had managed to, at long last, secure the rights to jet to Ian Fleming's first James Bond novel. Hope many of you are going to get to see Casino Royale on the big screen again next weekend or next week and um, hope you all have a fantastic week. Thanks again to the Really 007 podcast crew for these very entertaining podcasts. Um, it's lovely hearing everybody else's recollections of seeing these films and their opinions of the films in question. And um, hope you all have a great week. All the best. Callum McKelvey returned to give us his guilt-free thoughts on Die Another Day. I should probably call this mini-audio review how I learned to stop worrying and love dying of a day. Except I probably wouldn't call it love. It's more the film equivalent of a one-night stand. God, is it fun. It's not necessarily the best Bond film. No, it's really not. And it's still at the bottom of my rankings. Or at least towards there. But it is a film that made me really reassess uh, my attitudes towards Pierce Brosnan and the Pierce Brosnan films. When people discuss the Bond films, and in particular favourite aspects of these films, uh, either favourite Bond, favourite film in general, quite often the element of nostalgia seems particularly important. And there is this idea that the Bond who was current Bond when you were younger, that has a special place for a lot of people, and they're quite fond of that actor. I'm a child of the 90s, but I have to be honest... Pierce Brosnan and the Brosnan films in general have never really been some of my favourites. Uh, they're not films I've returned to often at all, really. If I had had to rank them before re-watching them all in the cinema, they probably would have all been towards the bottom. And Brosnan himself was someone I was particularly, I think, harsh towards, in, in my opinion. I, of course, respect the man himself, but his portrayal of Bond was not one I rated that that highly. 
Now having re-watched all of Brosnan's films in the cinema as part of the 60th anniversary screening, I have to say that regarding the films, my opinion hasn't really changed that much. Tomorrow Never Dies is still the only one that I really get on with. It's the only one that I would rank quite highly, though it's probably still not um, quite into my top 10. It's probably just outside. The World Is Not Enough, on the other hand, is right towards the bottom of my rankings. It's not a film. I, I really gel with even Goldeneye and I'm prepared to say I'm about to say something fairly sacrilegious. Goldeneye is, is a film that I find quite quite bland. I think it wants to ask questions about Bond as a character. It wants to raise questions about can he survive in the 90s. I think it, it does raise these questions but it doesn't answer them. I think Sean Bean's 006 is quite bland and fairly fairly dry and dull and particularly when compared to Jonathan Price in the following film, who to me is just, I'm aware not that many people are very fond of him, but I think it's a really fun, flamboyant, camp Bond villain performance, and I really enjoy him, whereas I think that Sean Bean is, is quite dull. <laughs> there are plenty of things to like about Goldeneye. Senor on the top, yes, she's amazing, but the film in general, it's middle of the road, probably towards... <laughs> not towards the bottom, but it's it's not really one I've ever got on with that well. I find it quite a middling film. I think because of this disconnect with his films, Brosnan was a Bond that I similarly never really praised that highly. I never thought he was bad. I don't think there is a bad Bond. But he was certainly not one that I was that fond of. If I had to name my favourite James Bonds, I'm not sure if he would have come up. However, now having seen all, all these films, despite his films not being that that high, is he? if ever a man was born to play James Bond, it is Pierce Brosnan. He can do the serious dramatic stuff. Look at World Is Not Enough, the sequences with Elektra. That man can do, you know, great character moments. He can do cold-hearted, brutal scenes. The sequence with Dr. Kaufman, in Tomorrow Never Dies really recalls the moment where Bond quite coldly murders Professor Dent in Doctor No. Brosnan can do that harsh, gritty delivery, but he's also incredibly charming and very funny. Yes, he, he can do puns. And he's also the look of Bond. I mean, he is an incredibly gorgeous man with such swagger and he really does look fantastic in the part. Which brings me to Die Another Day. This is probably one of the Bond films I have seen the least amount of times. Uh, this was probably my fifth viewing, which when you consider that I have lost track of the amount of times I've seen Goldfinger, kind of puts it into perspective. It was the first Bond film I ever saw in the cinema, but I'm not sure that that necessarily played any role um, I remember enjoying it as a very, a very young boy, but it's not one that I have a particular fondness for. I was going into the screening and dreading it, frankly. Uh, the last time I watched it, I didn't get on with it. But I also think I was going in with a slightly negative attitude. This time I went in wanting something fun, and good God, did I get it. There's been a lot of love on Twitter the last few days for Die Another Day, and it's really heartwarming to see. Because yes, it's silly. Yes, it has problems. But I'll take this over World Is Not Enough any day. I'll take it over for your eyes only any day. This is such a joyous piece of entertainment that really crack open the beers, 
make yourself a mojito and just go for it. It's incredible fun. That said, I can understand some of the issues people have with this film. I certainly have a lot of issues with it myself. It is towards the bottom of my rankings. But I do see that some of that is personal taste and not necessarily bad. One thing I see brought up occasionally is the film's very music video style of editing. It's not something that I'm fond of. Uh, it's a style I actively dislike. But it was a style that you could see in a couple of action films from around this time. It's not necessarily unusual. It's perhaps dated, and particularly compared to the era of, of cinema we're in now, and the most recent Bond film, No Time to Die. It can come across as, a quite, as quite cheesy. But I don't know if it's necessarily a problem. It's just a stylistic choice that maybe you don't like. And that's okay. And I think many of the film's issues fall into this category. Toby Stevens as Gustav Graves. It's certainly a very flamboyant performance, but it's a very flamboyant film, and I think he fits in quite well. I'm very fond of his sneering. I'm very fond of this kind of public schoolboy grown up and gone bad element to his performance. There is something deliciously smarmy about the way he chooses to play that role. I have fun with him in the same way that I have fun with many of the characters in the film. I mean, God, Madonna. Yeah, she's not great, but it's Madonna in a Bond film. What's not to love? Which brings me full circle. The biggest lesson learned for me from re-watching Die Another Day in the cinema is that there's a lot that I don't like in this film and it's personal taste. And much the same can be said for the Brosnan films in general, but they're all fun. There is yet to be a Bond film except Never Say Never Again. I actively hate or dislike, and Dying of a Day is such a good time that I really think that it has changed the way that I view this era, which admittedly, for many years, I've been quite cold towards. They're still not my favourites, but I can see what a lot of people love in them. And now I've learned to love it too, or maybe go back for a cheeky one-night stand now and then. So get out the Dying of a Day DVD, get a mojito, and just have fun. I'm here with Mr. Chris Seals now. If you don't know Chris, he has appeared on some of our episodes before, but he's also on Instagram, known as 007 Bookshelf, the man with the red trousers on Twitter. He has two aliases, but his real name is Chris Seals. I, I don't think he minds me saying saying that, dear Chris. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Chris has been a, a great friend of the podcast, and we're pleased to finally meet up in real life. As I call it, after the uh, well, the, the license to kill it was Bond on the big screen technically, but it was the Prince Charles one in advance. So that was a that was a great day. So it's great to be back with you with you again, Chris. Great to have you on. It's great to be here. Thank you. And for such a, a brilliant film to celebrate, Dying of the Day. Uh, <laughs> let's let's not speak too quickly about that. <laughs> well, I'll go I'll go back then. Okay. So how how many have you managed to get to any of them yet at the cinema, Chris? So I have been to. Unfortunately, only two of them. I went to On a Manager's Secret Service and, as you say, Licensed to Kill. Both well, of those well, at the well. Prince Charles screenings, yeah. not 
in this sort of weekly cycle, but that's purely because of the difficulties of having childcare and COVID and holidays and prides to take care of. So, yeah, I've, I've been a little bit hampered, unfortunately. That's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's great that Bond has been back at the cinema for some of the people who haven't seen them or haven't seen it for many years. And I know that now I can safely say I've seen all but two two not great ones, Goldfinger and The Spy Love Me. You're <laughs> <laughs> rocking the boat with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I saw it down the other day, so it's fine. Oh, it even things out. <laughs> so I think you're probably similar age to me, maybe, Chris. So what, were you, how old were you when it came out, the Down in the Day? So I would have been 22-ish, 23, 22-ish. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what month it came out in in 2002, so yeah. It was near Christmas, I think, getting near that sort of Christmas schedule again. Okay, I would have been 22, so yeah. definitely Brosnan is my cinematic bond. Yes. Yeah, I can remember cool. very vividly, as you've talked about on the podcast, the GoldenEye teaser trailer and then watching that on the screen going to see Goldeneye and it just being like everything that I've been expecting has just exploded in front of me and it's wonderful and then just going on the whole Brosnan journey <sighs> which is <laughs> is it just downhill or is there more to no 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 no, no. I mean obviously <laughs> it's Bond actors have worked on this thing of there's the first one there's the second one and then there's the third one which is the big one and everyone finds their feet with number three or at least I say everyone. Sean and Roger found their feet with number three. Ooh. George and uh, yeah. Timothy never got that chance. Um, but certainly with Brosnan, I mean, heck, I think he actually broke the broke the cycle because Tomorrow Never Dies, upon reviewing, is terrific. And The World Is Not Enough, again, it they're both utterly solid, terrific Bond films. And then we get Dying <laughs> Now I watched it on I watched it on Saturday night. I've got a home cinema setup, mm. so I've seen it on big screens, um, or yeah. at least bigger than TV. You qualifies, don't worry, Chris. Thank you. It's a big screen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My inadequacies of, of screen sizes. There's uh... <laughs> a euphemism somewhere. Isn't Indeed, it? it would fit the film. Yeah, it, and yeah, just. It was that thing of, okay, I'm going to watch Die Another Day. I've got to do it. G myself up, loaded up with a couple of uh, gin and tonics. And then, yeah. you know what? Actually really enjoyed it. Mm. But still watching it, cringing and knowing what was coming and cringing. And, oh, why did they do that? Yeah. What what could have been better? What was, and it just, yeah, it's a glorious failure. Yes. I think yes. is the best way to describe it. Which is a lot fairer than uh, when we first saw it. I think it was just, oh, what a mess. Yeah. Well, people did say to the, the first half was, oh, I thought it was going to be all right. And then, but I think re-examining it, there's there's bad bits in the first half and there's good bits in the second and it's not quite as clear cut as that. The problems start, I don't know. I mean, the pre-tile sequence for me is pretty decent, really. There's nothing to complain about much there. Well. And the titles is original and yeah. all that. Uh, well, as Julie Andrews says, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good yeah. <laughs> The pre-title sequence is solid and terrific and it gets things mm. going. Yeah, surfing into North Korea. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go with it. It's, I, yeah, I, I can go with it. And then the whole hovercraft chase and all the guns and explosion and noise and the mines and the everything and it whips along and you are there that's it he has killed his target but he's been captured 
and what's going to happen next. And that is something that we have not seen before. And I think that is a trait of a lot of the Brosnan films. He gives something that you haven't seen before. Certainly with Roger, yeah. it's formula. We know what we're going to get. Yes. And it's fi- and that's fine. That's fine. Roger does it well. But with Brosnan, it's taking it and then twisting it that little bit more. So he has been captured. What is going to happen? And you do not know. And I think, as I said with the review I gave you for Octopussy, where there's that we watch Bond films because they are comforting and they we know what to expect and we find safety in that repetition of narrative expectation. But with a lot of the Brosnan films, you don't know what's going to happen because they are twisting it. With Electra King, they twisted it. Superb. So with this, he's captured and they've twisted it. What is going to happen? Yeah, and that, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, at the time, because I'm such a boring Formula 8 guy... I was I loved the electric twist at the time, but I was like, oh, I don't know whether I want to see M sort of trying to fiddle with an alarm clock and escape. <laughs> M is the boss. She Bond's meant to be trying to escape situations, but I've grown to. I think she's great in that film, and she's uh, it's probably I don't know. People will say Skyfall, but for me, was it enough? Is probably M's my favourite film of M's. But then it's certainly the one where she's given yeah. the most to do. Second, yeah, is it, yeah, that's her meatiest bit of. Yes. Oh, it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah. And there's a payoff, of course, at the end, which is brilliant. But yeah, down of the day, I think going into it, it was quite, you know, it was a celebration, wasn't it? It was the 20th, sorry, the 40th anniversary of Bond. And you knew they, all, they had all these hallmarks, such as in Q's lab uh, in, in the underground. So I was wary of like, oh, it'll just be a formulaic Bond film, you know, we'll just be dead normal. And then you're right, when you get that opening, and it was almost like when I watched Castaway at the cinema, Four years later, and the audience gasped. Honestly, it was amazing. And what is it, 14 months later in a Bond film? Yeah. Whoa, what? Bond's been in, you know, so, I don't know, been tortured or whatever for 14 months. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, we, ha- we have had time jumps like that before, certainly in Goldeneye. Yeah. At the beginning, Goldeneye, yeah, yeah. seven years later. So we've had yeah. that sort of movement forward narratively, which I think that's the first time they've... Goldeneye was the first I think time so, they did officially. it. Yeah. We had it, didn't we, last year? We had a five-year, which was coincidentally the, the time it took for them to make the next film. Yeah, so, lucky that. Yeah. <laughs> but the, what do you think about the title sequence going into it and everything, you know, using the song as a, a, a scene around it? I think, personally, I think Daniel Kleinman can do no wrong. He is oh, heir good. apparent and has taken on the mantle and just sort of, he is brilliant. Yeah. He is brilliant. Morris Brinder's, you know, he's taken it on and it's great. Can... Uh, Considering what he's got to work with for directorially using the elements of the film, the torture within the titles, and then using that song yeah, to work great with, song. with uh, let's say it's a middling song. <laughs> I'd sell that for most Bond fans. <laughs> yeah, it's not up there. It's it, it's a solid song, but it's not up there. I think it's really good. And this whole fire and ice thing that's going on yeah. and the duality of that certainly our good friend licensed queer his essay on die another day and a whole duality the two-sidedness of things within the yeah. plot is really really good and that shows within that i think yeah the title sequence is terrific probably gives david's article probably gives the film more credit than his <laughs> well maybe, I, no, I always, always go back. maybe but that's that's um, his opinion of that. yeah, well, I, I always go back to my english lessons my english um literature lessons in A-level, and Dr. Holland, he, he always said, 
of course, you know, it, some of the stuff you will find in the text was intended by the author, but a lot of it wasn't, and that's fine too. <laughs> Basically, I'm just making up what I want from this book, lads, and I'll tell you what I think about it. And, yeah, oh. but that's that's great. I think if I think I think you're right in there. A lot, of, a lot of art is a jumping board for our own expectations. Yeah. So yeah, of course it is. So yeah, it's, it's good quote that. It's good. <laughs> This is down of the day we're talking about. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using art in the broadest. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of the plot, the plot's a bit, what's the phrase? Tr pro problematic in uh, many many respects, isn't it? But it is original. It, well, is it? I mean, it's leaning it on it's leaning on so many elements from yeah. previous films. So you've you've got the space laser. With diamonds, yeah. So that's all diamonds. diamonds are forever. You know, it's it's plain as can be. But then its application is different. Whereas selling off, yeah. you know, nuclear supremacy and diamonds are forever. Here he's actually clearing a path for North Korea to be, yeah, a superpower. Yeah. So scary. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's interesting in that regard. The changing race, you know. That's... Yeah, the whole DNA thing is a weird is a, is a weird choice. That's. Uh, I don't know that 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 whole concept just doesn't sit well with me. It's I just, <laughs> Good, I just don't, know how to, I don't know how to even how to talk right about answer. it. It's yeah. just <laughs> I didn't really understand it. Certainly when I first watched it, I didn't realize that was going on. But what an amazing! It's like an M Night Shyamalan twist, isn't it? You know, someone has changed race and he's the same person who was we thought was killed at the beginning. I mean, it's. <laughs> But I'm sure, no, it's daring. I'm sure it's. I'm trying to remember. We, you know, we said about when we watched it originally. When you were watching it first time, with all the trailers that you'd seen before it and all of the media gump that had gone around it, you knew that was him from the beginning. Okay, right, yeah. It's that. I, did you really? Right. I mean, I. I think maybe I tried to avoid things. I certainly. Did, I'm not sure I knew that the Colonel Moon character was in it. You see, but I did know. I nearly said Colonel Sun, but that's deliberate slip of the tongue then. But Sam, we watched it with Sam tonight, me and Math, and he he seems to remember that you know, on all a lot of the artwork, the poster work, it had like Miranda in her final gear with a sword, and you're like, oh well. Oh, the the there's a bad issue. The strappy leotard yeah. thing that yes, yeah, yeah, very uh, very Mayday esque from her yeah. this workout with uh, Zorin. It is actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you think about Miranda then? Around the frost. I, I think my problem. I've got. I've got a. Okay, to take a step apart, I've got a lot of yeah. problem with the cast. Her and Toby Stevens just seem to be in a different film. <laughs> Their delivery and his gurning and grimacing. You know what they are? They are like Alan Rickman in Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves. It's like everyone's been, oh, given the yeah. everyone's been given the brief of this is what the film is, and then yeah. they are right. I'm off doing panto, or I'm yeah. do, I'm I'm going to be in a completely different film to the rest of these people. That's what they present, and it's really weird. She's I don't know. She's a world apart. This ice queen <laughs> that just and it doesn't even help thinking oh okay she's supposed to be on bond's side she's supposed to be mi6 but actually she's turned and the whole performance of it makes it really i can't i just can't connect the two it's 
It's yeah. awful. Yeah. And then when they have their when they have their uh, scene in bed, it's like really yeah. wooden and really. I know it's supposed to be forced, like they're pretending to be together, but the kissing's good scene because that is funny. And oh that's yeah, worked. yeah. Oh, they left ages. Well, then why are you still kissing? Yeah, me? that's terrific. It's yeah, that's funny, but. Well, he just cuts them like taking the clothes off. You're like, what? Like, hang on, where? Now? There's a yeah, yeah. There's another point. There is a lot of jump cuts in this film. There's yeah. They go from one scene and immediately to something else without giving any in between. Yeah. And I know you yeah. don't have to see someone walking into a hotel and walking yeah. into their room, but even with the car chase, there's a cut from Zhao in his Jaguar sort of firing his gun and then suddenly we're on the ice flow yeah. and the Aston yeah. Martin and the Jaguar are chasing each other and it's like hang on there's a there's suddenly been a yeah what's going on here yeah and when, even when he rescues Jinx then yes suddenly I like that how he crashes the water and suddenly he's out of the car with him yeah it's it's not it's different isn't it you know in another film it's absolutely fine but when you've had sort of you know, the Peter Hunt school of editing, I suppose it, it's a bit bit jarring there. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got to move on at some point, maybe, I don't know. That is true. I mean, I mean, you say on the editing, it's... it's. You know a bit about that, don't you, Chris? It's, uh, oh, it's sort of, yeah, in my day job, I uh, yeah. editing experience, but it's weird. The film seems to break new ground in that it has its own built-in fast-forward for people that don't like the yeah. film. Because every so often there's this you know you yeah. the zoom ins or the the crash actions and it's good that you said peter hunt because the sped up film that he put in certainly in the fight scenes like i'm thinking of yeah uh george lazenby on the beach in the pre-title sequence you know that works but with here it's yeah, somehow it's completely well it, 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 it takes you out of the film doesn't it yeah it, it, it yeah. means you're watching like someone's showing off Whereas the Peter Hunt editing helps the fight and helps you get into the film rather than think, hang on, what's this about? Definitely. I, mean, I know some people perhaps don't like some of it where, you know, the sort of when he gets just about to meet Draco with the knife and all that, and the sound editing is quite unusual. Like the, the, crashing, the crashing against yeah. those. I love yeah, that. I, oh, I think it's terrific. I think that all yeah. it works wonderfully. But in this, it's, it's also when we watched License to Kill, in the pre-title sequence, they jump out of the helicopter and there's that slow-mo. Oh, yeah. And you're still like... <laughs> <laughs> Why? They've never used it that, before that, like that. that. Why are they using it now? And it's the same with this. There's suddenly all of these sped-up, ramped-up moments. And why are they now... Yeah, it's really weird. It's like the editor was like, oh, God, this film's terrible. Let's just fast-forward through it. And Yeah. It was the light. It just didn't make sense when he was giving it all. I mean, had to cut bits, and I don't know. I think it. Do you think the tone overall is consistent? Because I think the performances that you've mentioned, like you know, he is Toby Stevens is a good actor. Rosamund Pike is a very good actor. Oh, and Halle Berry is, and you know, it, it's just that they are it's, rather than sort of say this script's rubbish. I'm going to play it as well as I can. They're like this script's rubbish. I'll be rubbish too, and I'll do, I'll just do what the script wants me to do. <laughs> No, no, no. I, th- I, I, I mean, I think they are. I think they are dedicated to what they're doing. I think they're giving it yeah. their all. I don't think anyone's <laughs> copping out because they are consistent throughout the whole the whole film. I think ultimately, uh, Toby Stevens actually wins out because he gets to play Bond on Radio Four. Yes. Yeah. you know, he's he would have been a good Bond. He would have been a great Bond. He would have been a great Bond. 
but you know he get and he gets to play Bond in a you know fantastic series of uh, yeah. radio shows again uh, Rosamund Pike fantastic actress you know oh, her yeah. performance in Gone Girl is absolutely oh, yeah. astounding yeah. absolutely yeah. astounding I I wince just thinking about it it's amazing but in this <laughs> I just all the elements are there all the elements are there for something great but just in the hands of a different director or maybe if they made it a couple of years later just once that Jason Bourne thing had kicked in yes if this had been made in a Jason Bourne style cinematic universe rather than coming off the back of Heavens when was Fast and Furious that was yeah, 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 yeah yeah that it's that kind of ramped up almost pre-comic book as well it is there's a marvel feel isn't there yeah we're just at the beginning of when did uh iron man come out that was like was it mid to late was it 2000 2000 isn't it? maybe a few years after wasn't it? yeah so we're, you're right we're just at that sort of cusp things are getting a little bit fantastical yeah so maybe if they'd have dialed that down and followed the Jason Bourne films, maybe this would well, have been great number four and we would have been looking at his yeah. fifth film. And that's, of course, we get Casino Royale, which I, st- I still think, I'm not so sure that Casino Royale should be treated as, always oh, a, a copy of Bourne. I think that's more the quantum, maybe, because there's a lot more going on in Casino Royale, isn't there? But, there is. I mean, it's the fights, maybe. But. There is. It's the, it's the chase through the building site. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sort of gives it that sort of stamp of born that. Yeah, I don't think it can escape. It's but yeah, Casino Royale definitely deserves to stand on its own strengths. Yeah, strengths especially <laughs> uh, being a Martin Campbell film. Yeah, and I just and if pray and hope he comes back, <laughs> please. Yeah, and it, well, it's all very well. Sort of some people saying, "Oh, we want something completely different and original, and we haven't seen before." But Martin Campbell can do that in a way. You know, it's it. It just means it's one less thing to worry about. <laughs> and I know I'm. You know, we're babyish. Just want Henry Cavill. And I know if, again, people that was too obvious and everything. But we haven't we haven't seen him, have we? No one can say, "Oh, yeah, I've seen him as Bond and he was rubbish." Yet, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's tantalising. It's just out of reach. And it's, yeah. I mean, honestly, it would be for the next, just to completely sidestep, it would be yeah. Martin Campbell for the next film directing and John Williams. I don't know if you've seen today. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. It's too much for my head to take. I don't. <laughs> so please. It's like a, pro, it's like a protest, isn't it? Yeah. Just think of David Arnold like, oh, I might, I might get it this time. <laughs> Hans Zimmer like, at the last minute, I'll do it. And then. Okay, John Williams. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that—that's—I've no idea what to think about that. It's too weird. Uh, obviously, it would be good, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think they just—we need some clout. Anyway, in terms of Dino the Day, yes, back to Pierce the main subject at hand. Yeah, how sleazy did, did is this? Sorry, Pierce. What did he say? Sorry, I said, how sleazy <laughs> is this film? <laughs> yes, yes, it is filthy. I used, yeah. I used to think sort of uh, Diamonds Are Forever was sleazy. And then I watched uh, The Man with the Golden Gun again. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. 70s brown, bottoms up. Brown, yeah. And then watching this, it was like every woman that looks at Bond is visibly yeah. undressing him and thinking, yes, you would be a night well spent. <laughs> so yeah. it, it just it's ridiculous and then obviously we get 
the first actual sort of lovemaking scene in Bond with him yeah. and Jing. I won't the, 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 the feasting. That could go either way. And it's just, yeah. It, it, and then obviously Gustav's <laughs> tantalizing over Miranda of, oh yeah, I manipulated her sex as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not even sort of end of the pier on the sleeves. <laughs> it's proper sort of dirty Rain Mac sleeves. Oh. Stranger on the corner. Exactly. Yeah. Oh god. And it, she wasn't turned on then, Chris. I, 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 I must admit, I was not aroused. Uh, by, um, <laughs> we are not aroused. We are not aroused. <laughs> having, not having said that, the end, the end scene with Jinx, where they're talking about how big uh, the diamond is. Yeah. Can it be inserted or leave it in? <laughs> leave it in a little bit longer. Go on. Oh, please. Oh. I'm like, what? And this is a what a PG? <laughs> and then I mean I've said before, but this is I, there's some shocking lines in it. But that that must be the worst lot. The one it ends on, like you know, something like, "Oh, you're 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 good, are you? Yes, especially when you're bad." Or yeah, what? It's it's, it's it a mean? non. What does that? Yeah, it's a non-line. It's this shame. Well, I'm, I guess they're coming off the back of uh, "The World Is Not Enough," which has the second best end line of one. Oh, well, that's with. Christmas. Uh, children. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Um, <laughs> it is brilliant. Obviously, the greatest end line is. Yeah. Uh, I think he's attempting re-entry. <laughs> Which I, I cut the part of it. I still Q's innocent. In oh, yeah. Q's completely innocent. But I I still yeah. strongly believe that the entirety of Moonraker was written purely to be able to deliver that line. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll put him in space, we'll put him just, in space so we just so we can do a re-entry joke <laughs> <laughs> but I hadn't I don't I'm not even sure I'd picked up those ones you just mentioned right at the end the oh do you want it a bit further oh, oh, like that. Do you, oh, oh go on oh no <laughs> a bit longer oh no because <laughs> there's not uh, when I watched Tomorrow Never Dies at the cinema recently there's quite a few well the, yeah there's a lot of sex jokes basically and yeah. double entendres in the first half and Dying of the Day doesn't really have that. It, it just sort of, it tries to be a bit clever with the Jinx scene, but it obviously ends up, real people don't talk like this. What, just, <laughs> no. You fancy each other, yeah, but even people who fancy each other like a bit of chase, don't they? Don't. But Matt said it, it was, it's, it's original because it has a character who's the main Bond girl. They sleep with each other straight away. Yeah. And it's normally, normally somebody who's either a baddie or gonna die or secondary bond girl isn't it yeah that is uh that is a good point you know if we're going by normal bond tropes yeah. jinx, <laughs> no normal bond jinx should have died at the end of the second uh end of the second yeah. act she's a good actor but what i just don't understand some of the delivery of the lines in it i really do it's so disappointing it's like a kid some of it and you know why why would she be doing puns as well as bond it doesn't it doesn't make any we said we're gonna die rich like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. This is the great mystery of the film. This is one of those things <laughs> of why is it like that? It's just the and I, I, I seriously think it is down to the direction because the actors are taking their lead from the director in this sort of situation. Yeah. Obviously, they would have discussed how the performance is, how is it going to be presented. This is where they're going, and I can't see it. I'm trying to see over the course of the Brosnan films of it 
why are we ending up in this sort <laughs> of high how, well, how did we get here how are we in this sort yeah. of high camp high comic book sort yeah. of why is she having these puns what is go- yeah what is going on it's <laughs> i don't know were we on was brosnan actually that good would you know we'd never had it so good it was well you know, it was it. our yeah. high from the previous film and yeah we just run away with ourselves maybe that is <laughs> maybe that is history repeating itself with spectre and die another day mm, very good you know we come off of skyfall which is terrific they just keep going with it and actually no one is there to tell them stop stop think about what you're doing reel it in a little or a lot (laughs) reel it in a lot (laughs) because it would have you're right there is a there is a great film well maybe a good film in here somewhere isn't there within dying of the day there's there's some good ideas if they could just i I do like the locations i think they're great i think the cut the costumes are a bit of a joke. I've said this. I just I think the two there's too many colours. There's too much going on. Even the coloured cars at the end. It's like there's too. Make your mind up. What what is this film we're looking at here? It is very vibrant. It is very vibrant, yeah. and I think that is part of the the cartoony element that we've been touching yes, upon. Yeah. That it is just so bright and in your face. But then that's part of the films that were coming out of the time. So if you think about yes. you know Triple X that. Uh, yeah. Tamahora horror directed as well or the fast and the furious films that came out the first one around the same time and it is that bright yeah vibrant almost day glow sort of color scheme yeah. certainly that last shot where you've got the supercars sort of wedged yes. into the paddy fields and the helicopter zooming by you're like yeah. what why what was the <laughs> And we've had the green car, the Zhao's car. That's so unusual. The MG or whatever it is, uh, which I love. Zhao's car, uh, the Jaguar. Yeah. Oh, Jaguar, it's sorry. It's the Jaguar, the XK8. And that's the first time that a villain has been given gadgets. I'm probably going to yeah, be corrected yeah. in Twitter. Oh, now. Possible, yeah. But it's, as far as I'm aware, that is the first time that a villain has been given gadgets to be able to fight back against. Yeah. Power. So again, that's a great idea. Which, yeah, is terrific. And it's and it works. That whole car chase sequence on the ice really, really works. I'm not sure about the physics of the ejector seat working to flip the car back up into yeah. its wheels, but I'm there with it. It's fine. It, but Brosnan pulls it off, doesn't oh, he? Oh yeah. yeah, He's so cool and confident in the role. He is. He's terrific. He is terrific. That is something that can't be argued with the film. He really does carry it on his shoulders, for better or worse. Yes. It's. It, you know, he is there and he's delivering. And he's been so consistent over the four, hasn't he? He's absolutely, totally in it. You know, even his face during the windsurfing or whatever. <laughs> his face, he's doing his absolute best to sell that scene, isn't yeah. he? And he's, yeah. You know, it's certainly not his fault. Yeah. Let, let's let's talk about the windsurfing. <laughs> obviously, uh, it's going to come up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can see the script read through and everyone being like, right, he's in the ice jet i'm not sure what you call it yes donald campbell thing. yeah we've seen that it's got a parachute you know that's Chekhov's gun yeah yeah it's there we know it's got it he's fallen off the side of the cliff he's going to use that it's happened there's a wave and it it all makes narrative sense and it's just that thing of when you see it and the, the cgi is so poor so poor just absolutely falls apart. But I, I think it starts earlier than that. I think the Jinx diving backwards 
it's so bad that then you're like in your mind, oh right, so maybe this isn't all stunts and this isn't real what we're watching. There is, yeah, and it just it just yeah is takes you out of it in a way that none of the other films do really, do they? The the practical effects have always been a hallmark of the Bond films. Yeah, and now racking my mind through the world is not enough. Thinking of when did it look bad as far as the effects goes. Maybe when he and Dr. Jones are in the tunnel on that toboggan thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's obvious, obviously that is... Yes, it takes you out of it a bit, yeah. But that's it, isn't it, really? I mean, the submarine... All the submarine stuff at the end looks great. The special effects consistently through Die Another Day are, how can I be polite, a little poor. Yes. They're a little... Shoddy. Yeah, it's a detachment. And it just doesn't, it doesn't help things. It doesn't help things at all. So what, have you done a ranking, Chris? Have you ever done that? Oh, I've done it. I mean, I've done, oh, oh, yes, I've done it. Have you? There's that. Yes, the sorter. The, yeah, the sorter. Yes. I did it when it first came out, and then I did it again a couple of years later. Consistently, sort of my top three, five were the same, and my top, my bottom two or three were the same. And I hate to say it, this came out way down in that bottom two or three. Right. Um, so is it ever who, who's it competing with at the bottom? I, pr- I presume Quantum, maybe. Or? Uh, so it's competing with Spectre for the bottom position, yeah. and it's competing with Quantum. I can't there's another film the other one was. Since, well, there's a film that's come out, Chris, in the last year that that might be. <sighs> don't don't just no. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, it's still raw, it, but you're lazy, I, I, yeah. You wound me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, st- I still I can get a kick out of watching this film. I, there's so much to enjoy. It's great fun. It's, it's pacey. It's got silly stuff in. It's got large and life characters, and I enjoy it. I do, I do. You know what? It's that, thinking about it, I can almost equate this to my thoughts on weddings. <laughs> I like a really good wedding where everything goes well and everyone is happy and it's all marvellous. And I also like a really bad wedding where everything <laughs> is ill-judged, ill-timed, <laughs> there are mistakes, there are guffs, and things just fall apart. Because it's memorable. Yeah. And because you can have fun in its failure. Yes. So I would put I would put Die Another Day, along with, having said that, Quantum of Solace, which I once watched again recently, absolutely thought, you know what, this is terrible. But there are 
elements in there which are great and i'm watching it and i'm having a good time not having fun that yes. makes sense which was your wedding <laughs> which well which category does it fall into my wedding or tread carefully yes. tread carefully <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't say it was just average. That's the worst <laughs> thing you could say, isn't it? No, it was, yeah, it was, it was right. fabulous. It was fabulous. Good, um, good, right. As, every, uh, as everyone's wedding who they get married at should be. You know what I mean? It's that thing of... I do, yeah, yeah. find pleasure in failure. <laughs> you know, there are terrible... You know, I, I'm sure there's everyone has these terrible, terrible films that they watch and they enjoy and they repeat watch. Yes, but other yeah. people just don't get it. Because they're... I can understand why you, you wouldn't you would hate this film. I can understand that. And there's a, there's other films that I like that I can understand, particularly for tone and over the top things like that. I mean the money the money penny stuff, you know the fact that you see a shot in the head and then you see a snogging bomb. That I don't I liked it though when I watched it today, and I don't know what's wrong. No, with No, you know what? I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up because I've written a note here and it says I like. Money Penny having her moment with Bond at the end, yeah, and it's a weird. It's, not real. it's obviously it's not weird, real, and it brings up questions of cripes. Is she using this machine for fantasy fulfillment? Which again links back to our previous questions of how sleazy is this film? Because she's obviously there for a good time, a fantasy time, but over the course of his films, Samantha Bond's Money Penny has mellowed and developed from you know that initial meeting in uh golden eye of being a frosty yeah oh yeah I, you know as far as i can remember you've never had me sort of attitude yeah. to, all right all right <laughs> i actually i actually do like you Wh which one was it she and m had that exchange don't ask oh yeah that's hell. great uh tomorrow never dies yeah. in the car isn't it and yeah that's that great. shows that money penny is caring because she's covering up for bond yeah. in a way of like you know just leave him alone don't yes yeah, sorry yes just before that scene in the car scene yes yeah. it is in tomorrow never dies though yeah yeah you're absolutely right and i just and she's a great money penny i think she's a great money penny i think she is it's a shame she didn't get to do more as with yes yeah. it's that you know i'm i'm grateful for what yeah. we've got i think she was terrific in period and i think she's terrific now it's yeah. just a shame we never got more from her. Like, yeah, and uh, John Cleese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you, did you like John Cleese, Chris? All right, now you are going to pick at a scab. No, oh, no, no. John Cleese is a miscast mistake. <laughs> An absolute... The pro You know what? The problem is with John Cleese's casting in this is that he is not Q, he is John Cleese. <laughs> and I like... But if you like John Cleese... I like John Cleese, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But he's not performing as Q. He is him in the part. And he brings too yeah. much baggage of other kind of grumpy <laughs> old men. You know, there's Fawlty Towers, there's Python, there's all of that. And it, I don't know, it could have been better being someone else. I don't think... Yeah, I don't think it works. And the whole, oh, does that make you R from the... Previous <laughs> film, and then he gets upgraded to Q. It's just no. It again. It was one of those things of think about what you're doing. Stop and think about what you're doing. And he just, I, I don't know. Maybe he would have mellowed into the role had we had another Brosnan yeah. film after this. But I don't know. It's just no. He brings too much baggage. Oh, Chris, I'm heartbroken. I'm sorry. Do you like? Him? <laughs> 
I do, but that but that's because I like John Cleese. I, I, no, you're absolutely right. Everything you're saying is right. I do just think of it as John Cleese, but I thought what a brilliant piece of casting in the the best things I like about Q is the exasperation and the sort of comedy value. And John Cleese is very good at getting exasperated. And I, I you know, it's not it's not a reinvention of the character like Ben Whishaw, so it's not as original. But I think it's it's just it fits in perfectly well. I think with the the Brosnan, you know, the Brosnan universe. Yeah, but then again, then you could say, oh, why don't you cast? Oh, who was the actor that did Victor Meldrew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Richard Wilson. Richard Wilson. If you want exasperated old man performer, <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know, there's there's many oh, options. Yeah, it, it it could have been something else. It could have yeah. been, I don't know. And maybe it would have been better if you'd have had had a female cue. I was point. just thinking about that. Then, yeah, I don't know why that's never been considered. But yeah, maybe because there'd be too much him. Fl- he's flirting with Money Penny, and then if he's flirting with her, I don't know. They'd have to do it. Obviously, someone who he respected, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to revert back to the previous comment of how sleazy is this film? It would have gone yeah. even sleazier. <laughs> yeah. that The scene again when him and Miranda are kissing, I love it because it's like, oh, you really are. You, know, <laughs> you really are incorrigible. <laughs> oh, I'll kiss you again. <laughs> it's endlessly, yeah, dissectable, if I don't know that's a word. Well, we haven't even but I don't think we've done it. Bloody uh, Mad- Michael Madsen and his contribution yeah. to it all. He doesn't. He's. He seems fairly unpopular with Bond fans. I think. I mean, it's just so odd. Why didn't they bring back Joe Don Baker in the role of a? Yeah, you know, yeah. An American. I suppose he, he's not credible as he is a as a as a leader. Maybe I don't know. Maybe because he's meant to be M, isn't it? The equivalent of M. Yes. Yes. But I don't know. It just. It doesn't work. It. He. he again, it's one of those casting questionable mistakes. He's yeah. off in another film. Everyone is in a different. Everyone is in a different. Yeah, he's film. Oh, dead straight, isn't he? Very serious. Yeah, really, really straight. Yeah. And oh, maybe the director just lost track of everybody. You know, Brosnan yeah, knows what he's say. doing, but everyone else is off in some sort of their own version of a Bond film. So, how's it gone up in your estimations, Chris, over the twenty years? Over the twenty years, it had not gone up because it had been firmly planted in that, oh my God, this is terrible. But watching it this yeah. weekend and seeing all of the comments on Twitter and Insta and all the rest of it, it's it's grown a little bit. It's, yeah, it's matured and it's found its place in that point in history. It is very yeah. much of its time. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just learning to live with it. <laughs> Yeah. I might not revisit it as often as other Bond films, but I won't speak as harshly of it in the future. And then you'll be pleasantly surprised when you do revisit it every few years. Let's not push things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be I'm trying to be nice. Look, this is this is that thing, as you know, as has been said in the past. Bond community is always very supportive of opinions and all the rest of it, and we don't hate on ourselves and all the rest you know, like other yeah, other communities, but die another day does seem to be a point in the sand. Yeah, let's be nice to it. Let's see if it can grow. We've done the same with Quantum of Solace. Yeah, it has that as a film that has grown on rewatching as time has passed. I think Die Another Day may need a little more time. Yeah, I think with Quantum, I suppose it's easy if you just see it as a gritty thriller. 
Because it's not like there's loads of dreadful bits of dialogue or CGI or silly things that are going on. You know, th those things can never be taken away from Dying of the Day. But styles change and people are willing to have a bit more fun, I think, now. Like Moonraker's really popular now, isn't it? And when I was growing up and up till a few years ago, it was seen as one of the, the dreadful sort of joke Bond films. But maybe with the Marvel thing, I don't know. It's, it seems to have had a renaissance. I can't, I can't see it for Dying of the Day because it's sort of that, it's that end of an era, isn't it? And it's sort of seen as, because Casino Royale came after it and everyone, you know, sort of said, oh, isn't, this is back to basics, this is proper Bond. If you look at them chronologically, it'll never, Dying of the Day will always be seen as, oh. Although, having said that, Goldeneye was seen as, wow, yes, we've, right, we're back on it now. But the hang on, Life of the Kill was brilliant. Well, you say that, Oh heck. There's Moonraker and then there's For Your Eyes Only. Oh. So having had the silliness of Moon silliness in inverted commas of Moonraker yeah, yeah. and Die Another Day, you then get the seriousness of For Your Eyes Only and Casino Royale. You know, yeah. we climb these great highs and then we're brought back down to earth. Yeah. You know, it's gonna happen. There are there are ups and downs. You get that with maybe this is a bad example, but you know, the craziness of you only live twice. Yes. You know, having a hollowed out volcano and spaceships and all the rest yeah. of it. And then you get brought down to Earth with grittier, in inverted comments, yeah. on yeah. a Manchester Secret Service. We're going through I, we're going through these cycles. I definitely thought after Dying of the Day when I watched it at the cinema the first time, it was like, right, that's it now. You know, we can't it can't get sillier. Like it, <laughs> that's it's getting a bit too silly for me, this bomb thing, you know, this So I'm glad in a way that we do have the variety and that's that's why we love we love Bond, and that's why it's so easy to talk about, so great to chat about, because this is a series, Diamonds Are Forever, you know. What? What <laughs> on earth? It's such a brilliant, messed up film. And then you've got a really, I don't know, we, like we saw Tomorrow Ever Dies the other day, it's such a easy by-the-numbers Sunday afternoon Bond film. Yep. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing amazing, there's nothing bad about it, it's just great to watch. And then you've got the Cold War thrillers, you've got the... And then you've got Octopussy, which has everything. Hey. There you go. There we are. No, <laughs> here endeth the lesson. <laughs> it always ends in Octopussy, It always ends it? in Octopussy. The answer is always Octopussy. <laughs> right, well. And on that bombshell. It's been great. Yeah, on that bombshell, yeah, yeah. No, great trying to Chris. Uh, we'll, we will finally release this episode that Chris and uh, myself and others recorded. Gosh, it'll be in a year, won't it? It probably? may well be nudging a year by the time it comes out, but that's fine. Yeah. Be worse than No Time to Die's delayed releases, but uh, yes, we've 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 uh, we've really enjoyed watching Die Another Day. So I'm gonna, I'm still gonna sort of be a, a poster, sorry, not poster, but a cheerleader, a cheerleader, <laughs> along with Evan. I, I, I look Evan, forward so. to that outfit and your pom poms. Yeah, I know. I was just <laughs> thinking that. I've said <laughs> hey, I loved your Instagram recreation of uh, famous Bond images. Oh, you're very kind. Your holiday snaps, yeah, they were very good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, the next holiday, I will have to try and continue them somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <They're laughs> I'm not sure. How. The one with the you only have twice legs was probably the, the highlight of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I peaked early with that one. <laughs> no, well, no. I love the the sort of uh, slightly more overacting than Sean. Of the picture, <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Sean didn't have in front of him what I had in front of me. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I, I, I think I know. I assume who it is, but I like the mystery of. 
just asking some random person, excuse me, can you yeah, just can come, you and, just come and pose? <laughs> Somebody must have taken it <laughs> that wasn't your husband. That's what I'm trying to work out. <laughs> yeah, can you just hold this camera while my ma- my, while my husband stands on top of this exactly, jacuzzi yeah. and then... <laughs> have you seen You Only Live Twice? Yeah, I'm sure you understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, good, that's a good advert for Chris's Instagram. There you go. Double uh, O Yeah. Meant to be a classy Fleming-esque, you know... And look, and then he went on holiday. He went all nuts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like down in the day. There you go. It got all sexed. It got there you go. <laughs> right, we will see you shortly, Chris. But it's been great having you, mate. Thank you very much. Take care. You see, Mister Bond, you can't kill my dreams, but my dreams can kill you. Time to face destiny. So I'm back with George from Cinema Savvy, and if you've been charting our run of Bond on the big screen, you'll note that he has been to all the Pierce Brosnan films, and George was really worried that he wasn't going to get to Down of the Day, but I'm guessing you made it, George. Yeah, I got, um, if anyone's been listening to these, I keep complaining about having to go to view on a Sunday at six, and um, there was a very exciting like last-minute invitation to something, so I had to drop and like change my entire bank holiday plan, which I was pretty good about, because I wanted to chill. And um, it, yeah, it meant missing missing Dine of a Day. And then I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll complete this set of Brosnan films. I'll go to my Odeon. I've not been in about six years. It's about 40 minutes away. To find cinema, it's just, you know, it's a membership is pointless. So I got to see it on Tuesday night. And uh, yeah, before it started, I saw a lot of people tweeting that they were watching it. I think, is it synced in the country? 7.50, I think, the start time or something. Yes, that's right, yeah. And I took a picture of the double doors, put it on my Twitter. And it got like 16 likes. I don't really use my socials that much. I'm not bothered. It's like, this is blown up. And it was all for like a dine of the day pun. <laughs> and um, I went in. And I, you know what? I'll just say I, I really enjoyed it. And the thing is with me in this film, this was, okay, well, I don't know if it's like my first Bond film. This was the first one I saw at a cinema. Although I was six years old and I don't remember like masses from it. Obviously, you know, over time when you have it at home, you, you know it more. I remember loving it at the age of six, but I'll tell you what, I loved it even more on Tuesday because oh. I don't know what it is, but when you had that pre-title sequence, when you had the incredible car chase, I don't know if it was maybe me being in a new cinema, but the sound was just incredible and I just sat there watching it, having such a good time. I was like, why does everyone just pick on this film like there's a lot of things you can pick on don't get me wrong there's a lot you can pick on with this film and you know some of it rightfully so some of it contextual but i was just there like why is this so like so hated and i sent not an edgy tweet but and i don't want to get sort of banned off your channel but i, I tweeted after like if this was roger moore i'd get a free pass i don't mean that sound like a, as a diss to roger because i do like roger moore no I could agree. i argue that maybe it's more a, a generational pass like is this like there are some people at a certain age that saw this and they'll be very much chilled of it like me 20 years later because it is 20 years old this year as well it is yeah well that should be the main celebration never mind <laughs> 60 years of bond 20 <laughs> So, going off like your when you first saw that at the cinema, did you think this is what all Bond films are like then? Is that how you were brought Or, or had you already seen I, the other ones? I'd seen The World Is Not Enough, but I'll be blunt. I hadn't seen like The Conneries. I hadn't seen. I think this is probably the second Bond film I saw. But to me, like, James Bond was Piers Brosnan. I didn't. I'm just going to 
until Daniel Craig came around, I would probably say I didn't know multiple people played him. I think that's probably an easier way of like looking back as a child. And yeah, yeah, I remember over the years I see like as again everyone ITV. I remember seeing like Goldfinger at my grandparents' house. Loads of other films, more all of them. Growing up, Saturday afternoons, loads of sort of stuff. But Dying of the Day was really interesting because I wasn't aware of it as a series. It was just that he, who's this like really cool guy called James Bond. And obviously, as a kid, you you're not going to pick up on a lot of some of the maybe more adult stuff in yeah. this, like all the politics of it. But as a kid, you know, it's got an Aston Martin flipping for an injector seat, which to me, I remember that on the TV spots as a kid. That's what's weird. I remember the adverts, and it's very strange because if I go back to O2, I think like Star Wars, Spider Man. Harry Potter, and I remember like distinct memories of each one. But this, I just remember the TV spot because they had the Aston Martin flip as like the big trailer moment, and it's just sitting yeah. out on the big screen again was just amazing. You just mentioned some of the best franchises, biggest franchises ever. So your childhood must have been consumed by this, and and you do think if there wasn't a Bond like this at the time, if it was like a dark Craig Bond or even a Dalton Bond, you know the the, the childhood memories would be totally different, and it probably wouldn't have gone with the, your generation, like I always say, you and Sam. And the computer games, all that, it's its so crucial to making you Bond fans. And even people who've gone on to say, oh, no, I didn't like them anymore, those Pierce Brosnan films. At least he gave them a route in, you know, he gave them a leg into the franchise. Yeah, and I think a counter, well, not a counterpoint, I can agree with it, is that not to get into like, the history of cinema stuff, but you know, Spider-Man 1 was 2002. And obviously you'd get two yeah. more across five years which, you know, is fine. And I think certainly for my age group, there were always gaps between films. Um, obviously, I didn't. Lord of the Rings would be one of his pick. I, I didn't see it till I was like older, but obviously that was one each year. But then it was done. It was finished. Three years. And yes, yeah. What I find interesting with nowadays is that with the Craig era, and I wouldn't say this is Ian's fault. This is oh, here comes Marvel with three films a year. You know, every kid's gonna know they're gonna get one in a few more months. And it's kind of yeah. It'd be really interesting, like in the next twenty years, when that generation's grown up, because just by sheer quantity they probably don't follow anything else and that's how i've always envisioned it like obviously star wars is still absolutely massive but the with star wars it's the tv world that's really that's kept yeah and, and that's it and, and with the sequel trilogy which yeah i've got there's obviously issues with it whatnot but i find it very fascinating that there are going to be kids that you know because even those are every two years apart which isn't much of a gap but again in that two-year gap there's going to have been eight marvel films for a kid to watch so it's, yeah. it's really interesting obviously the the beauty of james bond is that it's not a cinematic universe like i know a lot of people want uh, a lot of people want that to happen and i really don't i don't know if it's me being selfish but and what i'd say this full credit to barbara broccoli her and michael g wilson have always been very very stern on the fact that it is james bond it isn't i know obviously this film actually there was talk of like a how barry spin-off and stuff but they've never followed through with anything and i no. think it's actually a credit to bond because when the bond films come out it's a massive certainly here in the UK I'd be really curious about international viewers but it's a massive event here for a Bond film to come out everyone in this country is like there's a new Bond film coming out we're all going to go watch it we're all going to watch the old ones and I think if you were to, to do more have spin-offs you'd lose that and I think Marvel's lost it yeah. again Spider-Man growing up was amazing oh look a new Spider-Man film right now oh look tomorrow it's this T next week it's that the week after that is this and it's really interesting how the industry is sort of moving forwards whilst you know audiences yearn for the past and even like Top Gun one film in 36 years it's yeah. defied all records and whatnot and if tom cruise had done like 10 top gun films no one would probably care by now exactly and yeah yeah and even the, i mean the mission possible has been a bit like bond yeah and i think the difference is between like bond and mission possible and marvel is that no one goes into those films thinking oh what will be the end credits what 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 will it be leading on to it's always like no no this is just two hours where i can enjoy it yeah i don't really care 
about the consequences after. Okay, no time to die. People were left at the end of that. Like, heck, I want to know what's going on next. But that at least fills the gap, doesn't it? It, it fills the gap for the next few years for fans to be. Yeah, and about. I think as well, it makes it easier for a reset because oh, Bond's died. Well, he's coming back as in the credits, so we can either reboot it or, or, or reprogram. And the one thing that sort of is sad with Dine of a Day is when you get to Brosnan's last scene. And I always feel like watching this, it will be, be the same with so many like, of the Bond actors that you know this is their last scene as their character. They've never had the chance to, to play it again. Yeah. It's like a weird cinematic moment where, to be fair to Craig, again, although it is very controversial, the fact they knew it was his last film at least meant they could like engineer it around him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, they didn't do that weirdly with A View to a Kill. And I think pr- because it was Roger... He wouldn't want it done any differently. He just wanted it to be a nice, cosy, wrapped-up ending. But yeah, Dine of the Day. Right, so when when we first saw it at the cinema, it was very hush-hush, and I did I saw it on the premiere the night, so there was no press out. No one could say anything what it was going to be like, and it was such a weird experience, really sort of not what you expected. And I do think it went into that territory where it was of the time, you know, we can go more and more fantastical. We can make it more and more like what a Marvel film would become. But then because of the reaction to it, but mainly I think more because of like the 9-11 yeah. stuff and the market and how Bourne came and how all these other things wanted a bit more realism. I think that's what changed it, not because the audience were like, I hate this. Because it did really well at the box office. And fat. I think fans were divided on it. I'm sure the, the sort of diehard Fleming guys who were... If, if there was an equivalent of Bond social media then, I think it would have been even more divisive yeah. than No Time to Die, maybe. But just watching it back, did you... I mean, was there anything else you noticed about it in terms of, like, the... I mean, the dialogue's quite... That's got to be something we can't really excuse at times, isn't it? Yeah. See, this film's kind of... Uh, not to, like, make it a generational thing, but meme culture... I think certain age yeah. demographic, and I think Sam will be the same. Where you, some of the biggest films from our childhood, we mentioned Spider-Man, is like memed everywhere. So the Raimi films certainly memed. Star Wars prequels became meme territory. And Dine of the Day is kind of in this vein where, with me, although some of the dialogue is horrific, and you know, had that have come out today, I'd be like, whoa. And not that I look at it from yeah. the past, but it's really interesting because obviously you'd have seen it. You know, uh, probably that was. You know, you'd have been late teens, early twenties. I'm, I think, in the yeah, past. Yeah. And, yeah, it was at uni, and even that would have been an interesting take because I couldn't imagine going to see the next Bond film and it'd be this. Whereas because I was six years old, it was so yeah. easy for me. But the one thing that oh, I, I don't even know if it's not the gene replacement therapy stuff. Like, Ooh. I'm curious. I don't know if that was controversial at the time. I don't even know if no, it's controversial. No, 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 no. It's such a bonkers idea. It is one of the most insane ideas I've ever seen in a film. Like, you know, again, I'm not going to get into contextual like Monday politics either, but it's, there's, there's a really weird vibe around it. But I love the fact, like, it's this dodgy Cuban hospital with this weird, like, German doctor yeah. guy. And, you know, not to sound like a conspiracy as well, because I'm not, but it is that vibe. But I bet someone somewhere has tried this. It just... It, yeah. It's something that's so ridiculous. I don't think it was. What is ridiculous is the fact that obviously it's a, you know, like a colonel's son from Korea who's been able to get away with. Yeah. I love Gustav Graves. I think Toby Stevens is bloody wonderful in this film. Uh, he's so much fun. Yes. Yes. And Brilliant. it's like, oh, look, this just billionaire popped up yesterday. He's got his own diamond factory. He's been knighted. Could I yeah. nitpick? Of course I could. I could destroy it but i love the charm of how ridiculous and over the top it is and it kind of does make me think that bond films were often very ridiculous at the time and i think as you said the post 9-11 stuff where filmmaking starts to evolve into the let's say you know the craig era obviously batman begins the yes. yeah. more grounded 
more real life inspired these could be real criminals in real places obviously no time to not no time sorry a dine of the day gets like a, a terrible release in that respect and obviously they have the line don't they that 14 months a lot of things have changed yeah i forgot it's, about that yeah it's interesting yeah. to read into but again I, I can see everyone's issues with it and why the issues are there but to me it just yeah. even the, even like oh, the, the the lee Hori stuff like the really weird slow-mo it's like oh look the matrix was big let's try like some matrix slow-mo stuff i don't mind it it made me laugh because it was so ridiculous but no. it makes it stand out right whether you hate it or like it but I, I think it i think there's an innocent charm to it and i think that's probably a better word i don't think yeah it's not intentional to I be a commentary it's, it's not not trying no, to no. you know mock everything but it it feels like maybe they've just thrown in, you know, thrown two new things into the basket and it's sort of, you know, exploded and gone everywhere. Yeah, because those things at the time, they were sort of, oh, that was a bit weird, that was a bit funny, move on. And you could say it's a bit like Spectre, you know, it's a gimmick, isn't it? You know, the, the one shot at the start, it's a gimmick. We have seen it before. I'll, I'll, I'll make this point again with Spectre. That was used in Made in Manhattan, the Ray Fiennes, Jennifer Lopez rom-com, yeah? A one shot. Of her going through the hotel, and then Sam Mendes made it his next film entirely. Yeah, like it's, yeah. And you know the weirdest thing about that Spectre scene is the fact that it would have been a phenomenal scene had you not had the terrible CGI wall fall down. Because until oh, yeah. that moment, I it's thought it was actually wonderful, result. and it was a bit like, ah, oh. it isn't really. And the horrible, the horrible yeah. filter uh, that looks like a certain switch. Yeah. Well, Tom Mason, yes, <laughs> good work on yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah, the, going back to the gene therapy and stuff. It's almost like the equivalent today of those dodgy Botox yeah. studios that you go to. I know people are trying to tell you. There's some piece on this morning, like this guy's trying to change races. Yeah, no, no, I remember that it's, from like a year ago, wasn't it? And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's scary, yeah. but like there are doctors trying it and, you know, obviously they probably know it's dodgy, but there there might be one summer in the world that gets away with it. And, yeah, he's a baddie. It's not, it's not saying this is a great thing and it isn't like Drax or who wants to change the whole world. It's just him, isn't it? So he could go into hiding and come out and get this money. And it is, of course, it's ridiculous. But at the time, people thought a Bond film is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not meant to be anything else, really. And it was reflecting the time. I mean, not that obviously there's not there's not a Korean war at the moment. But you know what we spoke mm. about last two that was well, enough. Sort of, we spoke about the sports side of it. The oil, you know, the oil stuff sort of coming into football. Yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies, the, the IT barons, which is all a thing now in the news. With this, like, obviously there's not been out of war with Korea, but certainly, like, you know, for me, who's, I mean, you wouldn't have been like, around either, but the Korean War, you forget, still, like, it's it's fairly recent. Yeah. And you you think, like, it's historically, like, 100, 200 years ago, they separated in North and South, but no, no. it's so current. And it actually, you know what, you think, I said, there probably would be a Bond villain who would want to, you know, like, take control of, career again and i love some of the stuff like the demilitarized zone where they've got like hovercrafts for the weapons to me that's the sort of genius yeah. and yeah i think there's a lot of the plan is interesting and again the the fronting the the billionaire you know diamonds it's like elon musk isn't it came from like a, a mine else elsewhere and probably <laughs> probably listen i bet he would probably get in a sword fight and just you know just get like real yeah. over the top stuff like it's the, everything about toby stevens is amazing so i think what what kind of not talking too much about non-bond stuff but toby stevens didn't do a lot of like audiobooks now for bond like he's really in the franchise yeah. which i think i think it's probably lovely for him as well because he could I, i've said it before he would have made a great bond yeah i mean he, he was i think he was only 33 then and i and i've seen him i can't remember what i'd seen him in i'd always thought this guy's Bond, isn't he? Or, and then when he was cast as the baddie, I was like, I'll take that. Because he is, he's, he's charming, he is smarmy, he's hamming it up to no business. A bit like Jonathan Price did. You know, it's, it reflects the tone of the film and 
I, I'm so glad it, someone's, someone said they really liked it because I, I think I was biased because I like the actor, but I really enjoyed his performance. And I, I'd love a return to one of those larger than life nutters rather than, okay, Safin was larger than life, didn't but it didn't really go anywhere. You know, you need more of an identity. Safin to me is, oh, look, he just won Oscar playing Freddie Mercury. Let's get him in. Yes. Exactly. And, you know, like, I know Ram has got fans. I've not seen the robot series. It's meant to be really good, but I mean, I think it's on the worst Oscar wins in history. If I'm being honest, he d- doesn't even sing in it. He, he might, he might. Like, so like when he was in No Time, I was like, okay, I like him as an actor. He's a bit weird. He's got the right vibe for a Bond villain. Yeah. Good. And yeah, I'm glad as Ram Manic said, you know, he, because he's a Muslim, he didn't want to be a terrorist. I like that as well. I don't think that would have worked for Bond, but there's just something missing. And I think Toby Stevens, he's read that script and he's thought, you know what? I'm yeah. going to be the most ridiculous over the top performance a proper villain it's like almost like a pantomime villain and i think there's time for it and with the you know certainly with the, the bond films as well i think lead tamar horig and I, don't, I haven't seen those films outside of bond but his approach to this is seems like it's in the same thing like, you know what let's just go for it and hope it works and i, I think yeah. that's the vibe the film has they're not really it's not really reflective of his films before then now i know he did triple x 2 didn't he the next level Next, he did, I think, with Nick, Nick Cage. And they're more on that vein. But before that, I think it was Once Were Warriors. I've still not seen that, which is pretty critically acclaimed in New Zealand. And then The Edge, which is one of my favourite ever films, which is Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin in, in the wild with a bear. It's absolutely fantastic. Someone mentioned that to me but yesterday again, at work. Yeah. That's really random. Oh, and that was brought from a, a different conversation standpoint. But that's... There's That's no the gimmick. second time in two days that film's been brought to me. I, I like it. Oh, there you go, yeah. It's a David Mamet script, who's obviously a well-known playwright, so it's, it, it relies a lot on that and brilliant actors in the location. It's not a flashy film at all. It just does what it says in the tin, which is why I think Purvis and Wade have had quite a bit more hand in all this than you think, and I know they get derided, and I'm almost coming back to giving them a bit more credit because of World Is High Enough. That was their first one. And as you say, they, they've sort of started to change the formula to mix it up a bit. Yeah. And even though people say Casino Real is a million miles away from Dine of the Day, you've started to get these, you know, Bond is tortured, yeah. M, betrayal, you know, M not trusting him. Blunt instrument, did you, I don't know whether you noticed that line from Miranda was mentioned in it. She said, she described Bond as a blunt instrument. And I think... The tone isn't there yet, but... It was clearly the building blocks were there to, to adapt that into Casino Royale. Yeah, and, and I think that there was always that talk, wasn't there, rumours of, of a Brosnan casino after. I know that there's some behind, a lot of behind-the-scenes yeah, yeah. stuff on that, but it is a shame it's, it's how we have to end it with him because yeah. he's yeah. yeah such... I mean, I, I think not just a great one. I think he'd have played this for 20 years if he could. Uh, and, and I think he's... Aging he doesn't speak about it too much now, but you just know with him that he's had this respect for it and he loved it. Although he's moved on with his career... You know, maybe we will get that Netflix Matthew Vaughan, aka it's him playing Bond thing. But it'll be interesting to see if we do. Yeah. Can you remember him though, sort of the news when he was like almost sat, really? It wasn't really delivered like that. I know it was it w- more moved on. He, he didn't do anything. He didn't go like, oh, cheers. There's, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, isn't there, where they claim it was a phone call, but then they also claim he was yeah. holding out for. Again, I don't like doing like the gossipy stuff, but there are reports that there was also salary stuff that came into it. Yeah, like lazy minutes, Yeah, really. I mean, at least Brosnan had four films. There, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. At the time, if Dine of Day is the, the the biggest one that's ever been done, then you can yeah. at least like understand not where he's coming from, but 
I feel like they were looking for reasons to potentially move on with the franchise. Yes. And he did, he says he suggested a, a much more low key yeah. one. But they would have done a more low key one anyway. They always do that. You know, after Moonraker, yeah. you'd have a few hours only. They've done it before. You only live twice to Honor Majesties. And I, th- I think I think it's fascinating to see what he could have done. But you can't, you can't really argue, you know, after you've had Casino Royale been such a success that it all works out. I mean, maybe you could just say how good if there was a t- 2004 Pierce Brosnan final Bond film that gave him a bit more critical acclaim and that he would then have done five and then he would be, you know, up there with, with well, for me, he would be up there with Roger and Pierce, but sorry, with Roger and Sean. I, th- I mean, obviously for me, he's up there, but obviously that's the generation of that yes, my Bond type ownership thing that everyone has. Um, but no, I can... Um, I I think if he'd have had one more, I think he deserved like a not no time to die again. That's controversial. He deserved to like end his character's reign. If that made sense. Like he never, it never felt like he went on like he's got to go. It felt like he was maybe one or two, one one short of a farewell. Yeah. But I think as history goes, you know, the new Bond will come in. Everyone will reminisce about the one before the current one, and it will That's be the same at the yeah. end of the next reign. It'll be you know what Craig was good and history. Yeah. It's so strange that it just repeats itself, but it is in, it's a very interesting observation for it all. We've got to mention Jinx, George. Please tell me what you, th- you, you thought. I never really liked her as a kid, and as I got older, it was like, okay, I've seen Monsters Ball, and I've seen like some very good Howe Berry films, and I'm there like, yeah. what happened here? What are you doing? And I don't think it's her fault either. <laughs> I think it's like, do you want to be in a Bond film? Yep, you to an Oscar, sure thing. You might get your own franchise, and then it failed. And then she did Catwoman after, which didn't really help either. Yeah. It's a strange one, isn't it? I, I, she looks like she's having the time of her life, but it just feels so ridiculous and unrealistic. And I think, it, was it, I can't remember, someone mentioned it, it might have been Sam when we watched it, that her scenes on her own are perfectly fine, or without Bond. It's just when she's with Bond, they're both trying to sort of outpun each other, and he gets very Batman and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. And it, it's, it's still in that era of, I don't know, the audience expecting jokes all the time. But I'll tell you what, the audience, they did they did laugh quite a lot. I don't mean laugh, you know, as in this is pathetic. They laughed at quite a few of the gags. They loved the money penny, you know, the the, the VR money penny. Yeah, yeah. That was, at the time, that was like, I, this is too much. I yeah, I, I don't like that. That's not... <laughs> That, that's the way that could that should have been cut from the film for me. Honestly, like, absolutely, that's one of my yeah. least favorite Bond scenes. But no, it, yeah, it's a weird one. This isn't it because it's like a weird farewell to everyone else. I'll accept. Um, yeah, of course. You know, she doesn't really get anything to do in this film as well, which probably makes it easier for her to come back in the next one. Yes, we, I think we also said that because it, after World Is Not Enough, that's like a, that would have been a good ending to her Brosnan story because there was like proper redemption. Yeah, it was a big thing for her. But then straight away she's like. Sorry, Bond, I'm trading you and I don't want you back. She sort of comes a bit, you know, go on, get on with your job. But then it's there's no real resolution. I agree, it might have been better to have another one. But I think if she'd done another one with Brosnan, she might not have come back for, for Daniel. I'm the same as I think the four-year gap helped. And the fact it was one more. But, right, sorry, if I, because I'm, I'm running a few right. mistakes, do you want me to round yes. up my final thoughts? Yeah, go, um, go on, George. Like, because as I said, like, I, I really enjoy this film. I've got a lot of history of this, and it might be nostalgia for me, it might be biased, but I have this like 16th out of 25 in my rankings. That's that higher, That's higher than most, and I'll accept I'll have it that high, but I just think to me, like what carries this film isn't just Brosnan, but even the Ice Palace is ridiculous as it is, it looks incredible. It does. You've got the Ice Chase, which I, I think that a car chase hasn't topped since then. And the, again, the opening the opening credits, the title sequence, sorry. I actually don't mind the song. Uh, I know I'm in a minority. Oh, it's like when the Scorpion Tail starts. <laughs> like, I always loved that as a kid. But no, the, the pre-tart sequence is just to me like one of the best action set pieces Bond's had. 
the whole the whole thing like we get like a in theory origin for a henchman origin for a villain it's um it's very smart and yep. i love that it all comes back into it later on fact but all brosnan's pre-titles are incredible aren't yep. they really very consistent i'd say he's got the best record of everyone they really went in. and i'd like to see that a bit more in the next ones because craig's not got bad ones but there's a bit of inconsistencies throughout whereas brosnan's is sort of like boom action set pieces here we go for a film will you be will you be watching casino real or have you you've seen it again at the cinema haven't you since it came out yeah, I, I, you know, I, if I go, it'll be next Tuesday. I'd like to see. I've not seen it since. This, I mean, obviously, I've seen it many times at home, but I've not seen it at a cinema since it first came out. Oh right, I thought you might have seen one of the secret cinemas. Didn't I? Didn't I, I wish but, I had. So I'm, yeah. I'm gonna um and ah. It depends if I can find the time, I'll do it. But if not. Because then I'll get the OC of then I've got to do all the Craigs and I I don't really I just yeah. want to do the Brosnans if I'm being honest <laughs> like yeah it sounds if, good that you just if, if I am I will let you know but I don't think I'll know till like Tuesday morning it'll probably feel like be how I feel when I wake up well there you go George so that's very commendable I I'm going to do my best to see them all because I've I've committed to this no t- no free time whatsoever but when else are we going to have all the bonds on the big screen in the same year one week after another. We've got to take the opportunity, so I'm looking forward Definitely. to it. I will be listening. I am excited to see what people think, though. It's going to be fun seeing them. Yeah, yeah. And I will be positive about it, you know, Al. <laughs> Maybe not some of the others. <laughs> right. <laughs> see you later, see you. George. Thank take you. Take care. Wait, don't pull it out. I'm not finished with it yet. See? It's a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Leave it in. Well, it's going to come out sooner or later. No, leave it in. Few more minutes. Mm. I really have to get these back. Still the good guys, huh? Mm. I'm still not quite sure how good you are. I'm so good. Especially when you're bad. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.